Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard tonight's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is March 13th, 2023, Anno Domini. Tonight's top story is the Silicon Valley swindle. When is a bailout? Not a bailout. Guess what? It is a bailout. Second, why are so many young Americans not working? How is this all tied together? And lastly, will this fear, uncertainty, and doubt lead to a run on the banks? We have a lot to get into tonight, folks. So let's start Human Events Daily. I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling, trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash Poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash Poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief. obviously have made a decision to make sure the economy doesn't collapse. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. And I think when people review what's taken place in the last six months uh, and put it all in one, in one, you know, in one package, they'll, they'll, they'll realize how significantly we have moved. And uh, I'm so sorry we're having to do it. I'm not real happy about the fact that there have been excesses in the financial markets which are affecting hard-working people and affecting their retirement accounts. Having said that, I'm very confident that, that with time, the economy will come out and grow and people's wealth will return. Look, the bottom line is this. Americans can rest assured that our banking system is safe. Your deposits are safe. Let me also assure you, we will not stop at this. We'll do whatever is needed. On top of all that, let's also take a look at a moment to put the situation in a broader context. We've made strong economic progress in the past two years. We've created more than 12 million new jobs, more jobs in two years than any president has ever created in a single four-year term. Unemployment is below 4% for 14 straight months. Take-home pay for workers is going up, especially for lower and middle-income workers. And we've seen record numbers of people apply to start new businesses, more than 10 million of them, more than 10 million applications over the last two years starting businesses. Now we need to keep the program, this progress going. That's what swift action that my administration over the past few years is all about. Protecting depositors, protecting the banking system, protecting the economic gains we've made together for the American people. Got to protect it all. We got to protect the system. We got to protect our donors and our supporters. Because that's what it really is here for Biden, for all of this. 98%, we pulled, we pulled the numbers over the weekend. 98% of tech company donations went to the Democrat Party, Democrat members of the House and Senate. The number one donor of Silicon Valley Bank Last year, according to OpenSecrets.org, nonpartisan center, President Joe Biden. Joining me to walk through all of this insanity, the editor-in-chief of Human Events and the Postmillennial, Ms. Libby Evans. Hey, Jack. How's it going? Well, it's it's crazy out there, and it feels like we're in this situation where suddenly all of the people, all of these mavens of Silicon Valley and the tech industry that we're told are the greatest innovators. They're the smartest of the smart out there. They're the ones that are better than us. They're paving the way to the future. 
And they can't seem to actually run a bank. Libby, why is that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Why can't they run a bank? I think what we have um, in the tech sector are depositors who, um, when they're not filling their coffers with, uh, you know, money from VCs, are actually rapidly spending it. Tech companies typically um, the past few months have been spending an awful lot of money, making an awful lot of withdrawals, writing a lot of checks, and they haven't been putting a lot of money back in the bank. Um, which led to a depletion of assets for sure for SVB. But so, so, I mean, I get that that's what happened. I understand that a lot of this is because of Biden spending, the raising of rates. But mm-hmm. when we see interest rates rise, and Zero Hedge was talking about this the other day, it always seems like the fakest part of our sector always blows up first. And <laughs> in the in the late 90s, that was dot-coms. In mm-hmm. 2008, it was the subprime mortgage crisis. And now, of course, it's Silicon Valley because you look at the amount of funny money that the Fed has been spending and spreading throughout this system that we talk about it all the time because Libby, even over at, at Post Millennial, I know you guys cover it. I know we cover it at Human Events. They haven't even been putting it behind assets that make any sense anymore. Now, when they get this money from the Fed, they get, you know, money printer go burr. And they're putting it behind every single ESG project that they can find, and they use use the ESG score. And isn't this a huge function of the Silicon Valley Bank? Yeah, well, a lot of tech companies do pour all of that money, and SVB pours money into that for their own uh, for their own DEI and diversity initiatives. Um, the you know the bank itself I've seen reports has been doing that as do so many of these tech companies you know they hire diversity experts to pay them hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and make sure that they are elevating and promoting people of the right skin color and with the right uh, identifiers and what have you and I really do think that uh, that that is exposed here I think there's a number of other bubbles too that we're going to see exposed we're already seeing issues with student loans the complete uselessness of the tuition that colleges charge um, for students to attend their universities and study all of this diversity and inclusion and equity garbage uh, so that they can all graduate and go get these jobs um, and build up this massive diversity uh, spending bubble that, um, you know, here we see the collapse of that. Clearly, the color of a person's skin or their lived experience or how inclusive their identifiers are should have absolutely no impact on how they're hired and what kind of jobs they get to do or, you know, are elevated to do. It's totally absurd when we look at it from a civil rights perspective and from the perspective of, you know, Dr. King and other great civil rights leaders um, who knew that the color of our skin is not the thing that should elevate us. It's simply, well, well, it's exactly that because what they've done is they've been given, they've been handed the keys of the kingdom with all of this money from the Fed. They're told basically, if you can talk a good game, if you can get on the hype train, if you can get access to a lot of this is VC money, by the way, we have to point that out, that once you get access to that, they're going to give it to whoever's the wokest, whoever the biggest disruptor is, whether the loudest voice in the room is. And they're not actually looking at any of the fundamentals in many of these cases 
for a lot of these businesses, and yet people are making tens of millions of dollars off of this. But hold on one second, because Libby, we're going to come right back. We have to take an obscene profit timeout right here, because a lot of people complain about the state of our country and the way woke corporations, as we've been talking about, treat us and their employees, but it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And if today's story wasn't enough, you need to understand that starts with where we spend our money. Because in less than a year, Public Square has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. And if you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against the mandates, or a bank that would never cancel you for your political views, how prescient is that? Public Square is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely free to join. Just go to publicsquare.com. That's publicsq.com and download the app today. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Publicsquare.com. That's publicsq.com. The ninth best performer year-to-date is SVB Financial, don't you want? This company's a merchant bank with a deposit base that Wall Street had been mistakenly concerned about. SVB is the old Silicon Valley Bank. Recently bought one of our favorite research firms, Moffitt Nathanson, and it's become less dependent upon private equity and venture capitalist offerings. Wait a second. Those dried up last year, they could come back. Yes, some of them come back here with a stock directly affects an oversold position. Stock was the fourth worst performer in 2022. I think the fears were not justified. And it's a very compelling situation. Hey, by the way, long-term private equity and venture capital, they're not going away. Being the banker to these invest, immense pools of capital has always been a very good business. Stock's still cheap. Now, you have to remember that a stock that falls 66%, like SVB Financial did last year, it takes it a lot more to recover. After losing two-thirds of your value, you need a 200% gain to get back to even. This is arithmetic. Some people call it geometry. So you could argue SVB's nearly 40% rally this year is barely a drop in the bucket. And that's how I want you to think it. I think it's also a good example of why these bounce-back moves might be far from over. These stocks could have more room to run especially if you think they were driven down to artificially low levels by tax law selling, artificial dumping. Look, we see this again, and we're back with Libby Emmons. Libby, so Bernie Marcus, the founder of, of Home Depot, is out there, and he's got this, this piece where he's saying, look, the, maybe the American people will finally wake up and understand that we are actually living in very tough times. So when you're living in tough times, you have to tighten your belt. And the American people already know that. Right. I think most Americans have seen the inflation going up. They've seen the prices going up. They've seen their dollar not being able to stretch as far as it was. And another thing, too, and I'd love to get your take on this. Where are the workers? Nobody wants to work anymore. Nobody wants to do it. Libby, we've been doing. OK, so just just take put all, a pin in all that. We go. And we've been doing breakfast for dinner on every Sunday night with the family. So, and we've been doing no, no screens on Sunday. So Sunday's like family fun day. Now there's no screens, there's no TVs, there's no movies. It's just us and the kids. And we like to go out and do something. So we're out we went to those, one of those like indoor parks with the trampolines and stuff. And we just have a ton of fun. And afterwards we're like, okay, let's go to a diner. And I said, well, we did I have the last couple of weeks. Let's, let's try the Denny's near our house. Libby, we go to the Denny's. There were like two people working there. And actually, when we went to get a a seat, the, you know, server slash hostess slash everything manager said to us, look, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, it's going to be a 35 minute wait. 
and I have no idea when your food's going to be ready because we've got one person working behind the counter and she's a server. She's not even a cook, but she's cooking the food tonight. And then I just kind of like, I realized as I'm looking around that there are signs up all over the entire diner that say help wanted now hiring, et cetera, et cetera. So this is the crazy part. Inflation is all over the place, all over the map. Yet at the same time, nobody wants to work where I remember working in food services. That was like, that's what you did when you were in high school. That was like a great first job for a lot of people. Um, most people I know that are, you know, like, you know, millennial or, or about there had their first job in, in food services or landscaping, general constructions, contracting, that kind of thing. What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. My first my first job was when I was, I think, uh, was I 18? I was 18 years old and I was scooping ice cream for the summer. I was working under the table and eating all the gummy bears. But yeah, I could I totally see why. you scooping ice cream and eating gummy bears. <laughs> yeah, I Very still basically do that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't really understand why people aren't working. I worked a I worked a job from the time I got that job when I was 18. I worked throughout college. I I mean, I've been just working this whole time. I don't understand how these people who are not working, I don't know how they are eating. I don't know how they are driving around in their cars or getting anywhere. What are they doing? Why are they not why are they not working? Why are they not interested in doing something productive and earning their own money? I am so I, I love having my own money. I gotta say, I love spending my own money. I, well, like I think it's also, I think it's also because money. I don't know where these people are, how they're existing. I think it's also because three years ago during the lockdowns, we, we started sending money out to people for free. And, right. and I understand that by the way, I did understand it at the time because mm-hmm. I said, look, if the government is causing you to lose your job, causing exactly. you to not be able to work, then then the government should step up and pay its dues. But here's the issue that that led to, I think, for a lot of younger people, is that suddenly they were told that you don't have to work and you get money and that you can Are sit around and do nothing. No, they're not. But I think I mean, what they're what trying to do, I think what it broke was that loop of understanding that you know, you've got to put in some time or, or generate some value to receive money. And so what a lot of people did was they put that into crypto, they put that into stocks, they put that into stuff like Silicon Valley bank, they were speculating on it like crazy. And so the crypto market has unfortunately taken it on the chin big time, absolutely big time. Um, even though I will say that there is, there's been some life in Bitcoin today. Bitcoin is actually up over, um, over the last couple of days. So we'll see because people are, are spilling into it as they're spilling out of other places, but we'll see if that continues. Um, but just in general, crypto is taking it on the chin. And so people are thinking that like, you know what, there are easier ways to make money than making pancakes and, and flipping sausage. There may be easier ways to make money and perhaps you can get your money to work for you, but but you can Don't also start. lose it all. <laughs> you you can get it, right? it all. Yeah, I put yeah. Um, a while back as an experiment, I put $300 into Bitcoin. And, you know, it's enough money that I would like to not lose it, but it's not so much money that I'm going to, you know, die if it, if it disappears. And I keep hoping that it gets back up to 300 so I could just take it out. You know, that was kind of the deal I had with myself is like, if it comes back. But the thing, too, that I don't understand is why people aren't interested in being productive, aren't interested in pursuing goals and making their own way in the world and making it's sure because that they of this. provide for themselves would, and their families. I would argue before, because before, we're coming up in the segment, but 
I, I would argue it's because of stuff like this. They see people getting bailed out. They see Silicon Valley getting bailed out. They see the government coming in and saying, oh, by the way, we're not just going to cover up to 250000 We're going to cover your entire deposit. Good luck turning that too. off, by the way. Good luck turning that off. So, so now every yeah. every deposit unlimited is is going to be covered. So what happens when, uh, you know, a, a regional bank in the Midwest goes down? Are you going to cover that, too? Are you going to cover everybody? You understand this is never going to stop. And so people see that and they yeah. say, well, if money's all just flying around, why should I go sit behind? Why would I go behind the counter and work under the table for a couple of bucks and a couple of extra gummy bears on the side when there's all this all this other funny money just floating around in the system? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that it's really a shame and I think that it is a failure of imagination and human ingenuity when people do not feel compelled to go earn their own living and provide for themselves and their families. It's really a shame. And also the full depletion of the, uh, you know, insurance fund that is there to um, secure the 250 deposit thousand deposit limit that the FDIC has set. That's basically going to get completely depleted now. And the Biden administration is very happy to uh, destroy the savings of the American people. They've spent all of our oil reserves, you know, not oil, all of it, but like they've spent a ton of our oil reserves totally recklessly. Um, and you know, we're still seeing Saudi profits on oil, like through the roof this year. Um, I just, you just have a sense that they don't care about our future and they certainly don't care about, you know, the value of the American spirit. Libby, hold that thought because we are going to come right back from the break and I want to get into it more. I obviously have made a decision to make sure the economy doesn't collapse. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. And I think when people review what's taken place in the last six months uh, and put it all in one, in one, you know, in one package, they'll, they'll, they'll realize how significantly we have moved. And um, I'm so sorry we're having to do it. I'm not real happy about the fact that there have been excesses in the financial markets which are affecting hardworking people and affecting their retirement accounts. Having said that, I'm very confident that, that with time, the economy will come out and grow and people's wealth will return. So that was George W. Bush, December 2008, the height of the financial crisis. With an infamous clip, I had to abandon free market principles to save the free market system. That clip has been almost completely scrubbed from the internet. Our team here had to dig and dig to find it. YouTube, nowhere to be found. Just regular uh, using front page of Google, any of that, nowhere to be found. We were able to find it finally on a left-wing blog that had actually clipped it and uploaded it from CNN.com, nowhere to be found. The regime gets rid of the videos they don't want you to find. And here's what's amazing about that, because if you remember, he's, listen to that clip. He's not talking about the whole system. He says he's just talking about the auto companies. But if you remember what Raheem Kassam said here a few weeks ago on our Sunday special, he said, Jack, this has been the entire system since 2008. That was the phrase where the Federal Reserve has been pouring money into every single one of their latest things, their current things, whether it be wokeness, whether it be ESG, whether it be climate, whether it be pharma, whether it be vaccines, whether it be Ukraine, whether it be uh, this thing or that thing, they just turn the money printer on and go for it. 
And the problem is, if you go for them, if you go back and listen to that clip, it sounds like he's talking about the audio industry, when in reality, they used it for everything. And who ended up, and Libby, by the way, bring you back in. You remember, you know the answer to this one, who ended up owning all of those subprime loans, who ended up taking control of so much of the housing market in this country, transforming us from a home ownership society where we owned things, right? You see where I'm going with this, where we owned things to where Wall Street ended up owning so much of the uh, single family homes in this country. Yeah, and that was really a shame, you know, because that, well, first of all, it tanked our entire economy. Um, but also all of those people who had bought homes, hopefully, uh, were not able to keep them, you know, and all of that debt completely destroyed everything. And so many people's retirements were all wrapped up in that. We saw that with the crypto collapse um, earlier at the end of 2022. There were Ontario, te the Ontario Teachers Union had money in uh, Sam Bankman Freed's project and lost all of it. So what happens is we have these big um, financial outlays. Everybody in the society, everyone in our economy trusts it all the way down. People put their pennies into it and it all it all falls apart. And then we have people talking about raising the retirement age. Well, because we're not. And then who comes in? That. Who comes in? It's BlackRock. It's mm -hmm. Blackstone. It's the World Economic Forum saying you can't own. They're going to buy all these things at a fire sale, by the way. All these startups, yeah, all these things all that the, didn't have any money, mm -hmm. any, any money that only existed on paper. And Libby, here's the amazing thing for us, because we saw over the weekend, I know you saw more than I did because I took Sunday off of social media, this, this idea that it's not the 1920s anymore. Mm -hmm. It's the 2020s now. So it's not just you know, the groups of people sitting on the the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, we've got Twitter, we've got social media. And that is where the fear, uncertainty and doubt is spread like wildfire by people who say the only way, the only way to fix everything is for Uncle Sam to step up with the money printer. And when they do that, by the way, that's only going to eventually make the Prices go up. It's going to make inflation go up. The U.S. taxpayer will be on the hook for this because it's the Katian effect that we've talked about here for years at this point on this program, or at least two years now. We've been saying that when you give the gold to the people closest to the king, the people closest to the throne, then they go out and start making purchases in the market. You know who it affects? The little guy at the far end. And who are these taxpayers if no one's going to work? Where is the tax money going to come from? Exactly. That's exactly right. That's we, this is a, what, how can, how Libby, how can you run a country like this? How can yeah, you run an economy this, like this? This is not looking so great. You know, it's interesting because I often have the idea that, you know, the country should be open and we should have trade and all of this stuff. And <laughs> increasingly, and, you know, probably backwardsly, I keep thinking, you know what, just, just shut it down. Just close it up. Shut it down. Let's get our based, house sorted. Based, and then based. let's figure out what we're going to do. You know, like bring home the factories, bring home the all of the yes. manufacturing. Let's and let's go back to work. Let's remember that. I mean, Joe Biden talks all day about, you know, the value of a hard day's work and all that stuff. 
And he's facilitating a country where no one knows how to lift a finger. No one knows how to get any work done. You Wait, and I it's are not, working It's not a bailout. It's not a bailout. You know, it's just increasing like, liquidity. We're just yes. increasing the liquidity, right? How are you doing that? We're just, we're mm -hmm. taking all, we're, you know, we're increasing the federal balance sheet. It's totally not a bailout. Okay, it's it's definitely a bailout. It's, it's definitely it's a bailout. Like, bailout. just because you're using money that you already have and you don't have to go get the money before you spend it, that doesn't mean it's not a bailout, you know? That's a ridiculous concept. And in the UK, the UK government bought uh, their branch of Silicon Valley Bank, I think, for a dollar, or HSBC bought it for just a dollar, something like that. It's absolutely a ridiculous way to go about doing things. And what happens to all of these companies now, like, they're just going to keep spending exactly the way they were spending in the first place. Exactly. That led to the collapse of the you bank. They're not going to have to change behavior. anything. They're not going to have to do a thing. Moral you know what that's called? That's called moral hazard. You've created and if moral they, yeah. hazard. And, and if anyone, they by the way, off, who's a parent go understands this. And they probably have savings because they probably sold off their shares before this whole thing happened anyway. Of course. I mean, it's absolutely like... I don't know why the thing with the not working like that really gets to me because I've worked why? this whole time. I'm perfectly happy to work. I'm happy to, you know, support my son, support myself, you know, have money if it's needed. I don't know why other people don't want that. Like when I raise, you know, I'm raising my son and I say, you're going to grow up to being a strong and resilient man who can support himself and his family and clean up after himself and take care of the people he loves. Don't we value that anymore? Don't we value our own labor and our ability to make our own way in the world? I don't want anyone well, think, giving me anything. I think we need to question who exactly are the people that are trying to make us devalue those things. Libby Emmons, the editor-in-chief of Human Events, my boss, kind of, sort of, uh, <laughs> over at Human Events. Thank you so much for joining That's us so today. That's so funny. I love saying that. For being here. Obviously, you have no boss. <laughs> we, are, we are completely out of time, completely out of time. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.